Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Hulkcast. Today's aims of the episode being to look forward to the long trip up north to face a stern test of Newcastle United. Joining me on today's episode as Newcastle expert is Keegan Carr from the Tune Under podcast. How are you, Keegan? Very good, mate. How are you? Yeah, not too bad myself. Not too bad myself. So looking at Newcastle, you've had quite a decent season so far. You've broken into that top six. You're currently sitting fourth place. How would you describe your season so far? Uh, probably better than I thought, actually. Um, I thought last year, last year's sort of results probably weren't really vindictive of, of how we played and the sum of our parts and it was really a tale of two seasons and I wasn't sure if they could continue that sort of momentum for this season. But, yeah, after we played 12 games and, I mean, we're bloody stiffer than a Wankers Anki to lose one. Like We shouldn't have lost to that Liverpool game but, and that's the only time we've lost, so... Yeah, I think our start of the season has been fantastic. Yeah, I mean, it certainly seems from a neutral point of view that you're really giving it a good go this season, and that is backed up with results, like you said. Um, Now, I've got on my notes here, Eddie Howe. Is that the sole reason for how your momentum has completely shifted since he's come in? I mean, you got a lot of criticism, perhaps, from other pundits I'd say when you went on that managerial search for the first time with your new owners that a lot of people were sort of suggesting well is that really the best you can do I I mean I've always rated Eddie as a manager um, but did you ever expect that he could could transform this Newcastle side like he has done uh not really like obviously we all all knew about Eddie Howe and the job he'd done at Bournemouth but given the predicament that we found ourselves in during his time at Bournemouth. I mean, we had more important things to worry about than what, what Bournemouth were doing, unfortunately. But when he's, he's come along, and it's it's been remarkable. Like, not only has he transformed the players that were already here before his time, like you think of a, a Joel Linton and a Sean Longstaff recently has been fantastic. Um, Joe Willock, like all the play, Miggy Elmeron's last month has been like out of this world. I don't think anyone, even at the start of the season, would have thought that he was going to play like this. But I think not only, like I said, the players that he's improved, he's had a big say in the players that have come in as well. So although it has been a collaborative effort to to bring these players in, he's been one of the last guys to say yes or no. And he's been really big on on character. And I think that more than anything has probably held us in good stead since he took over, was not just signing anyone because we could actually target players with the right character who were going to fit in with the ones that are already here. And I think that's played a big role in our success, I guess, for this calendar year. And, and it's pretty much all down to Eddie Howe. You mentioned your signings, and the first signing I'll come on to is Bruno Gimaraes. <laughs> just how good is he for this Newcastle team? Yeah, well, he's 
he's the heartbeat of the team, really. And there was, a, like when he first signed, there was a clamouring for him to start, but we were on a good run and Eddie's motto is sort of don't change what what's not broken and he had to bide his time. And once he came in, everyone just fell in love with him straight away. And it, it, there was a bit of talk like, and I, I was one of them as well. I was like, is he really, really good or is he just a lot better than what we've had because we haven't really had any good players or midfielders, especially since probably Aaron Kabyle left. So there was a sort of, um, what's the word? Not confusion, but the jury was out whether how good he was, but then he, the longer he's kept going, and we're like, oh, no, no, these guys, he's world-class. Like, he'd walk into, honestly, like, hand on heart, he'd probably walk into any midfield in the Premier League at the moment. Wow. I mean, that's that's a big statement to make. Um, now, like you said, you touched his name just briefly. It's not actually one of your new statement signings that has made the difference this season or stood out from a neutral point of view. But for me, that is Miguel Almiron. I mean, I've never known a resurgence higher of a player than Miguel Almiron at this moment in time. The last few seasons scoring four goals combined and then absolutely smashing that. I think it was this month alone. What's happened to him? How how has he changed his fortunes around so massively? Yeah, I think I think the only other turnaround that I've seen that's been as big as his was Joel Linton's last year. I mean, he was a $40 million forward who couldn't score and couldn't play and previous manager didn't know what to do with him and Eddie come along and sort of fortuitously he ended up in a midfield role and never looked back. But with Miggy, I mean, yeah, we, we actually spoke about it on our podcast this week about has he always had that and he just hasn't been coached right now. He's got a proper coach who's actually coaching him and he's learning. He's always had the work rate. No one's ever questioned his work rate and, and stuff like that. But it's always the knock on him has always been his final third. But this season has been remarkable. He had a great preseason and I know a lot of people don't read much into preseason form because everyone's got different agendas for their preseason games. But he was our best player during preseason and he's carried it on. And the yeah, long may continue because he's been fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, you mentioned Joe Linton as well. That's that's two players that have completely almost turned their reputation around at their clubs. Is that all down to Eddie Howe? Because I've got here in my notes the foundations behind success, and I'll come on to that more in-depth later about how people criticise Eddie Howe's defensive coaching abilities, yet that's been the main reason as to why Newcastle have been so strong this season. Is Eddie Howe... Can he take all the credit for these players turning themselves around, or is it a bigger picture than that? I think I think there's a bigger picture. I mean, look, he, he could be the greatest manager in the world, and it's the same as anyone. But these days, it's not just him. He's got a whole staff behind him who will, will work with the players every day as well. So, not look. Although the buck sort of stops with him, and, and everything hinges on him. If results are good, he's great. If results are bad, then He's not very great, but I think, yeah, at the end of the day, you've got to, the whole coaching staff together need to take credit for what's happened, especially, like I said, with the players that have already been here. Um, yeah, some of the, the turnaround in these players has been remarkable from where they were 12 months ago. 
You made quite a few defensive signings since Eddie Howe took over. Kieran Trippier, Nick Pope, Sven Botman and even Matt Target from Aston Villa themselves. Is the new faces the reason for the complete defensive transformation? Or again, is it just a case of it's a bigger picture than that? When everything goes right and all the cogs turn in place, then, you know, everything does end up going right. Yeah, it's it's been a it's been a team approach, and, and Eddie Howe said this numerous times. It's not just the back four who defend; we try and defend from the front. And I'm sure you'll see on the game this weekend, they're like our our high press and our forward play is actually really starting to look the turnovers high up the pitch. I think we're at number one in the Premier League for front half turnovers and, and high turnovers. I'm not sure exactly where that high number lives with regards to pitch, but yeah, I mean. It, we have, like, our defence has been fantastic and, and Fabian shares another one. He was here before Eddie Howe came in and couldn't get a game under the previous manager. He's been, he was a three and a half million signing, three and a half million pound signing, which is not pittance really. Now he starts every game in the Premier League. Like, it's remarkable. And even, like, Nick Pope was 10 million. I think Trippier was maybe 12 million. No one wanted Dan Byrne. We were the only club that was after him in the January window and I think he signed for around 12 million as well. Like they're not eye watering numbers and, and paid off Sven Bogman, I think it was 32 million, but we, we spoke, we spoke around our point, our whole, our back five essentially with Nick Pope as well, cost 5 million pound less than Harry Maguire. So, I mean, I think there'd be a lot of other clubs sort of having a word with their scouting department to say, how come Newcastle can find these players for this price and we're paying tens of millions for players who aren't as good as these. So although we are technically, we have the wealthiest owners in the world, we always, we still operate very smartly in the transfer window as well. Yeah, definitely. And that is such a big key to success as you often see it that clubs get that wrong and then it can have a complete opposite effect on them and their their fortunes, if you like. We, we all... Well, I, for one, am aware of the passion of Newcastle fans and just how they get behind their team. And I've always been one to credit that. I think it's incredible how passionate the Geordies are about their football club. How is the feel of the club at the moment? It must be on an all-time high, right? Well, yeah, I'm I'm 37 years old and I was about 10 during the Kevin Keegan era, like living in Australia, obviously we didn't get much. It's not like it is now where we get every game live. We were sort of given a, a one-hour highlights package every week from the weekend's game. So if you played midweek, you never seen it. You only got to look at the scores in the paper and, and that was it. But we're very fortunate now with the coverage we get over here. And I think it's, been, it's a lot better than what you guys get because we do get every game live and, and stuff like that. So... Yeah, it, the the message I think has been united. I think everyone's united. Look, Newcastle united, but everyone's united now. Look, the last fifteen, apart from this year, obviously, but the last fifteen years have been torture, and a lot of a lot of fans have turned their back on the club because of the previous owner and his lack of care. And a lot of people thought, well, if our owner's not going to care, then why should we care and and stuff like that? But yeah, ever since ever since the takeover happened. Everyone's come back and everyone's fallen back in love with their club again. And it's not because of who the owners are now. It's it's because of the owner that was there isn't there anymore. Like it, it could have been anyone who bought the club really and everyone would have come back. So, yeah, it's just a really fun 
club to follow now and it's something that you can be proud of and be happy about every time you watch them play. Now, just before I move on to the Villa aspect of the preview, I've got one more question to leave you with about Newcastle United, and that is, how far do you believe Eddie Howe can take you? Well, we've got three games left before we break for the the World Cup. Um, I think we've got maybe two or three after the World Cup before the January window opens. Now, I think January January is going to be the, the tell sign. If they go out and make maybe three or four big signings in January, I think the club are looking to push on and try to get into Europe. Now, yeah, it's it's sort of crazy that five or six games could decide where you think your club will end up. But, yeah, I really think that if they think they can make Europe, they're going to try and have a full crack at it and see how they go because you never know with these opportunities. I mean, like Liverpool, obviously, it's not started great. West Ham, who occupied seventh last year, down near the bottom of the table at the moment. I don't think that'll last, but other clubs that finished higher, like Wolves and Leicester, like their sort of bottom half as well. So the cards are falling our way at the moment with regards to other teams, but at the same time, we've had really positive results ourselves. So I said at the start of the year, I'd probably think seventh or eighth. Why not seventh? Like it's only one position difference. <laughs> like people are going, oh, I'll be happy with eighth, but why not seventh? So I think I think that should still be our aim. Like the way we're playing, we're not fluking. We've only, like I said, we've only lost one game. We haven't fluked results. If you have a look at the numbers and all our stats, our stats sort of back up the way we're playing and they probably give an accurate reflection of where we are and we deserve to be where we are at the moment. So if we can keep that form up, there's no, there's no reason why we can't sneak into a Europa place come the end of the season. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Yeah, 100%. And... Let's move on to Villa now. If we'd have recorded this podcast a week ago, I think I'd be talking very, very differently. Um, This time last week, at the time of releasing this podcast, we'd just been beaten 3-0 away to Fulham. We'd lost something like four in 18 games. Steven Gerrard had just been sacked and you didn't know where to look as a Villa fan. All things seemed doom and gloom. However, since then, Villa have announced the appointment of Unai Emery, a man who was heavily linked to Newcastle as well before you got your man, Eddie Howe. And we beat Brentford 4-0 with caretaker manager Aaron Danks decided to drop our captain in John McGinn and play a new formation. And it seemed to get the absolute best out of our players. Now, let's start with your thoughts on Unai Emery, because obviously he was linked to Newcastle, as I previously mentioned. What do you think of him as a manager? I don't think he was linked 
I think that he was, from what everything that I'd read at the time and, and since, he was the number one guy that they wanted. And things were just about over the line until someone, I'm not sure if it was someone from the ownership, had leaked it to the media that we were going to get Unai Emery. And I think it was the morning, morning or the afternoon of their Champions League game that they had midweek. And then I think that sort of put him off a little bit and he said no. But like I said, if, if you listen to reports, half wanted Emery and half wanted Howe. They were dead, they were split down the middle. So although he said no, I think we're very lucky. And honestly, I wouldn't swap any help for anyone in the world at the moment with what he's done. So, but yeah, he's obviously a great manager, Emery. Um, really highly credentialed as well. well. I think we're very fortunate that he doesn't take over till after our game. But I think there's still a few of there'd be a few Newcastle fans who were sort of hoping that. Um, Gerard lasted another week or two, so <laughs> so he was in the dugout for when we play, given the results that were happening. But yeah, unfortunately, it always seems to happen to us that teams give their manager the arse just before we're about to play. <laughs> I mean, on our current form, I think all opposition fans were hoping that Stephen Gerrard was still in the touchline <laughs> for us because we couldn't buy a win. Um, you mentioned how poor Villa seemed under Gerard, and that was genuinely the thinking of your your fan base. What have you been your thoughts on Villa so far this season? I think they've under they've underperformed. Like now, whether obviously the managers copped it in the neck for it, but I, I, they're just not they're not where they think they are now. I think they they actually came out here for a preseason um, tour, so. Um, there were there was a fair bit on Facebook and, and Twitter and on our news with um, Stephen Gerrard as well, obviously being a big name in, in world football. And I mean, he he talked talked well and he sort of believed believed in him and what he was doing. But unfortunately, that hasn't translated for the first ten games. So, I mean, Carlos was obviously probably a big injury for you guys losing your your main centre back, and he was a player who, who Newcastle, I believe, chased. Uh, January last year as well, but yeah, hopefully now with a new manager and if great result on the weekend, obviously. So hopefully the things have turned. Players are, are happy or happier. Look, you got to. I think dressing room morale is a really big thing. Look, it doesn't sound like much, but a happy dressing room normally equates to better performances on the pitch. So hopefully, yeah, for you, for you guys, maybe not this week, but starting from after this week, um, you can actually turn your season around and, and start looking up the table. I mean, it, it all sounds very, very positive. What are you What are you expecting from this weekend's game? Uh, I don't know. And that's that's the frightening thing because, I mean, you guys haven't had the best start, obviously, to the year, but then you had a really great result against the Brentford side who's had a pretty good start to the season themselves. So they're a really hard team to get a read on. Well, they are now after that weekend. Like I think you can get a pretty good read on them the first ten games because they've been pretty shit. But and blacks just I don't know. They just I don't know about you. They just seem flat in the games that I've seen. Like everything there was there was no urgency. Everyone just seemed flat and and it just I think progressively got worse and worse until they had to they had to change the manager. So a wounded opponent, a dangerous opponent. In my opinion, now I don't know with the new manager bounce. How long does that last for? Is it just last week? Was that their new manager bounce, or are they going to come? And and that's another thing. Like I mean, is 
Uno Emery going to implement? I know he's not actually taking over yet, but is he going to speak to the, the interim people and say, this is how I want to play and set your team up like this? Or is a caretaker going to play in the same system as he played last weekend? Like, it's a really, they're a really hard team to scout now because the uncertainty with their lineup and you don't know what they're going to do. And Eddie Howe is very, very meticulous in his planning and, and how he likes to sort of scout teams and take out their strengths and, and stuff like that. So if you don't know how they're going to play, it's going to be really, really hard. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's a really scrappy game while they try to figure it out on the run of, of what they're trying to do and how they can stop Aston Villa sort of doing what they're doing. Like Not like they're going to come in from the first minute, know how they're going to play. It's going to be really, really difficult, I think. I think it's going to be a real scrappy game. I completely agree. And even as a Villa fan myself, I'd probably agree with you that the jury's out on Villa at the moment. I don't think anyone really knows what to expect. Was that last weekend's game a fluke result? Or or can we back that up against better opposition this weekend? Now, obviously, you know Newcastle better than I do and better than probably any of our listeners do. <laughs> so my question for you here is if you could put yourself in a neutral point of view and put yourself in the shoes of Aaron Danks this weekend how would you go about beating this Newcastle side uh it wouldn't be pretty but I I would definitely get at probably play five at the back and and really stifle and and frustrate Newcastle because we've seen teams who have come and tried to play against us and they haven't gone very well, I think. We love teams who come at us because it leaves a lot of space for us to move the ball up the pitch. But we played uh, Crystal Palace and Bournemouth at home as well. Now they, they sort of sat back and defended a lot and we found it really, really hard to break them down. So whether they're going to be happy with a point at the moment, given their situation and two games unbeaten and, and things, sort of new manager coming in, like a bit of positivity. I just think it's if they come and have a go... I think they'll be really, really, they'll get found out because like, if there's one thing that Newcastle love, it's when teams have a go. <laughs> well, there you go, Aaron Danks, if you're listening. That's that's the way to beat Newcastle this <laughs> weekend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now I've got two questions for you before I let you go. And that first one is your score prediction for this weekend's game. So having said all that, I'm going to go for a really shitty 1-0 win. Like I said, I think it's going to be a scrappy game. and For Newcastle? Yeah, for Newcastle, obviously, yeah. Um, our defence has been really, really good. Um, we've just conceded some sloppy goals, a couple of penalties, I think. Um, there was a bit of a... I'd, I'd hope there was a miscommunication last week against Tottenham for their goal where Kieran Trippi ended up on Harry Kane at a corner. That's probably not the ideal bloke you want marking Harry Kane at a corner, but I'll give it, our defence has been really good and yeah, if we can we can nick a goal, I think we'll be really hard to to break down. And so I'm going to go a one 0 victory for Newcastle. So it sounds as though the key is probably whoever scores first this weekend, uh, from your standpoint. And I hope I hope that we at least get the ball in the back of the net because I made my first trip to St James's Park last year and it was one nil. So it'd be gutting yeah, if was, we fail yeah. to score again. <laughs> um, now the last question I've got for you is a bit different. Um, we like to end our podcast on a non-football related question, and it always gets passed forward from one listener from one listener to the next. So the question for you this week is: What is your favourite fizzy drink? I'm pretty standard. I just love Coke. Coke. 
Yeah. Um, nice. I don't, I don't venture too far off the beaten track. <laughs> I'm just a straight-up coke. Have a nice, well, not a nice, but a stinking hot day at work and just come home and I'll just look like nice classic coke with a bit of ice in it just to... Yeah, can't blame me there. Don't change what's not broken. Um, yeah, that's it. So if you could choose a non-football-related question to pass forward to next week's... Uh, who are you playing next week? Oh, you're putting me on the spot here. <laughs> we are playing Manchester United at home. Okay. Um, if you were going, if you were at the Winter Olympics and you were going down at a bobsled, which three men you know to play would you want in your bobsled? What a question. Yeah. What a question. <laughs> Have you just come up with that just now? Yeah. Well, I didn't know you were going to ask. So <laughs> that, is... that is probably the best one we've ever had. Normally, it's really funny because I see people put on the spot and they'll panic and they'll go, oh, what's your favourite pizza topping? Or so, That is the, I can't wait for next week's episode now to find out. Yeah, that neither can <laughs> wow. wow, that's completely yeah. thrown me off. I was not expecting that at all. Brilliant <laughs> question. Um, well, yeah, do, you go for, do you go for hard or do you go for like a mixture of, height and power to really get you off yeah a good start push well yeah it's a really tactical what thing a question what a question <laughs> <laughs> well then it's the last game of Aaron Dank's short but successful reign as caretaker manager can he maintain his 100% win record all will be revealed on Saturday a massive thank you to Keegan for affording his time to assist with today's episode check out our guests on Twitter at KeeganCar30 and at TuneUnderPod if you're new around here, follow at 7500 to Holt. We love to hear your thoughts. I've been Sebastian Bacon and thank you for listening. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started